Whoa, what is that? I don't know. What is that? Is that a... What? It could, could that be a... It's Bible a... It's a Bible bomb! bomb! Hey, this is Landon. This is Philip. And we are your Bible Bomberman. Let's, Let's drop some bombs! Jesus is coming soon. Morning, morning or, or night or noon. Is that how it goes? Morning or night or noon. Many will meet their, their doom. doom. Trumpets, Trumpets will sound. Trumpets will surely. Trumpets will sound. Um, what's the next part? I don't know. I'm not good at Some, memorizing Something about going to the sky where no one dies, kissing this world goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Meet him in the sky. Or is it kissing the world or is it just telling the world goodbye? Or the, no, that's in a verse, uh, not the court. I'll Anyways. fly away. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> song. All right. That was for free. Man, I hope no one just turned it off when they heard that. <laughs> All right. Jesus is coming back. This is kind of a three-parter because um, this subject is really big. Yep. So the kind of questions that we're going to be talking about today is, is Jesus coming back? And we'll prove very quickly that he said he is. So. Yep. But then when? When is he coming when? back? What, what, and um, are there a bunch of signs that we need to look out for that are going to tell us? What is it going to look like? Yeah, is, is Jesus coming back uh, today? Or do we still have 500 so, years to sin? Basically all about Jesus' second coming. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about in the next two episodes after this. This is going to be a fire and brimstone. The, the two options that you have for your eternity and you get to choose which one you want when i mean you have to choose now but when jesus comes back he's going to give you what you chose oh. all right so jesus is coming back in in revelation twenty two twenty, jesus said i am coming quickly all right that means he's he's coming quickly <laughs> wow you are a, a great translator yeah let's uh, uh, take a look at what uh, jesus himself says in uh, matthew 24 uh, 43 through 51 you want me to read it yeah all right but be sure of this that if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into for this reason you also must be ready for when the son of man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes truly i say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions but if that evil slave says in his heart my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour which he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay. Kind of a violent little story there. Yeah. You see, uh, Jesus, his his uh, teachings weren't just, you know, blue skies and rainbows. Was, you know, there is a little bit of uh, cutting in, into pieces there. But yeah. Jesus is coming back, and, and he wants us to be uh, ready. So after this, Jesus tells three parables in Matthew chapter 25, the one about the ten virgins. You know, five were foolish, but five were ready. 
parable of the talents. The wise servants doubled the amount of talents. That's talking about uh, money there, not physical talent. <laughs> but they had. But the foolish one was scared and lazy, and he hid his. Then there was the sheep and the goats. The sheep put their faith into action, and the goats did nothing. All right, the point of these parables is that we need to be ready when Jesus comes back, and we need to make sure we are putting our faith into action. So when Jesus comes back, he wants us to be doing something. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be working for his kingdom. When we talk about Jesus coming back, we have the question, is he coming back to to stay here, or is he coming back to take us (laughs) somewhere else? We're not necessarily discussing that in this episode, but we will in... I think the third episode in more details. In this All right, so but we're just talking about he's coming back yeah. for justice and judgment. So one of the key scriptures or passages we look to is one we just read from Matthew chapter twenty-four. So it's because the disciples ask Jesus when these events are going to take place. So read verse five through fourteen. There's more, but we're just going to get started with that. Okay. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then... They will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all the nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. All right, so uh, clearly it's talking about Jesus' second coming because it says then the end will come. (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. Um, Sorry. Um, And also it says... Those who endure to the end will be saved. Now, we get a lot of preachers in the denominational world or in movies like Left Behind talking about the earthquakes, the wars. That means you know that the end of the world is coming. Watch out for these signs. I think in in Luke's account, I think it talks about something that the moon does, like signs in the sky or tidal waves or something. I hope I'm right about that. Anyways, um... Jesus is telling people you have to look out for these signs, and when you see these signs, then the end will come. However, what is the end? What is the end that he's talking about? So when a World War Three happens, I guess that means we we should be uh, ready, right? And we yep. should not get our wives pregnant then, because in verse nineteen it says, "Woe to those who are pregnant." And nursing uh, babies in those days. Yeah, we're not we're not supposed to have kids anyways because that's something that people get confused about all the time. When it's when he told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, he was really talking about math. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just kidding. I hope you guys are those of us who are listening are uh, <laughs> are picking up on our sarcasm. All right, but in, in all seriousness, for those of you who are who are listening and and um, have always wondered these things, 
is this really what Jesus is talking about here? Is he, is he actually talking about the end of the world or is he talking about the end of something else? Because we just took the scripture out of context. This is a classic example of a scripture taken out of context and it being twisted to mean something that it actually doesn't mean. And if we look back earlier in the chapter, actually in a chapter earlier, we see that Jesus is actually talking about something else here. In Matthew 23, verse 37, Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I had wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So in Matthew 24, then it says, Jesus came out from the temple. His disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. I always find that a funny, like they're bragging about this temple. <laughs> you see this awesome temple? Yeah. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly, I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. They asked him two questions. They said, tell us, when will these things happen? These things are referring to the temple being torn down, because that's what Jesus just said. Then they ask, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? End of at the end of the age. Hmm. So that's the tricky part. All right. They so ask two questions. They ask two questions. Some, Not one. Some will say he, they ask three, because one is what is the sign of your coming and of the end of your age. I think, I think that second one is the same that question. Combat. Yeah, that's the same question. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask... Uh, two questions. When will these things be? When is the temple going to be torn down? And what is the sign of your coming at the end of the age? The first question had to do with the temple and everything that Jesus responded with. We have history telling us it happened. Okay, so first, he said many false Christs would come. Okay, what is a false Christ? A fake Christ. <laughs> fake Christ. Well, a fake Christ is someone who claims to be, you know, I'm the one that the prophets... Um, I, I'm the savior of the world, right? I'm I'm the king. I have you know he, he comes with a false gospel. So one of the greatest non-Christians of all time was Flavius Josephus. The greatest non-Christian. <laughs> well, one of well, the, the reason I say that is because he, <laughs> God used him to do such a great. He was anti-Christian. He was, but God used him to help us uh, with our faith because he was an eyewitness to a lot of things that happened in the first century and recorded those things for us. Josephus confirmed that a many false Christs came right before the siege of Jerusalem. So for those of you who don't know about the Jewish uh, Roman war, which Josephus was a firsthand eyewitness to that, in the year 70 AD, so, you know, it's the year 2023 now, in the year 70, the Romans surrounded Jerusalem and um, destroyed it. They destroyed the temple, and the temple was never has never been rebuilt since then. All right. Slo- slaughterhouse. It was a slaughterhouse. So Those then, were the original 70s. <laughs> Sorry. Wars and rumors of wars. Okay, that's what <clears throat> Jesus said. Josephus again confirms that th- that many wars were fought by Rome during this time. Famines and earthquakes. There is historical documentation that lets us know of a major famine during the reign of Claudius Caesar. And even the scripture verifies that in Acts 11.28. It's also documented that an unusual number of great earthquakes happened during the reign of Nero from 60 
270. Isn't that just interesting, everything that yeah. Jesus said? Non-biblical source, except for the famine one actually had a biblical I would, source. I would but. say that this stuff is less important than the context of the scripture itself, but it's still very interesting. And, it's interesting. And faith-building. Yeah, it is faith-building. Then Jesus said the apostles were going to be persecuted and killed, which a lot of them died before this even happened. It's possible that all of them, except for John, were killed because John... Um, lived to write his own gospel and three letters and revelation after this happened. When it says the end will come in verse 14, it's talking about the end of Jerusalem, not the end of the world. (laughs) God was giving the Jews a 40-year grace period to turn to Jesus. And that was way longer than he should have. He didn't have to wait that long. Everybody should have repented and, and should have been baptized on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. But Jesus is, is, great, is graceful and gave them plenty of time to turn to him. It's just like when God gave the Hebrews 40 years for those to, without faith to die off in the wilderness to be replaced by those with faith. God was doing the same thing with, with the Jews. Once the 40 years was over, the end had come. Now, the destruction of Jerusalem is by far the bloodiest and most disgusting event in, in history ever to be recorded and Josephus recorded all of it. It's bad, okay? We're talking about uh, babies being smashed and yeah. thrown and blood splattering everywhere and rape and Genocide. torture. and It's a brutal. And if you ever go and read Josephus's account, it's really interesting what he says about the soldiers acting like animals and undisciplined. It's not the characteristics of the Roman armies. They were very uh, uh, disciplined. But Josephus, it makes it sound like they were possessed by something spiritual or something was possessing them. You can see, even though it's a bad event, God still had his hand in it. Anyway, that's the abomination of desolation prophesied by Daniel. That's why it would be difficult for those who are pregnant or nursing. Okay? You can imagine why. (laughs) Imagine if you were pregnant. Right? History also records that many Christians escaped just in time because they remembered Jesus' warning. Mm -hmm. It's said that they dropped everything when they saw the armies coming and left. Now, this proves to us that, that what Matthew recorded was true and that Matthew was written beforehand and that Jesus' prophecy was true. The peop- there were, it is recorded that there were Christians in Jerusalem who believed what Jesus said and they left as the army is coming. Now, if yeah. the story of Jesus was a fairy tale, then what are the, the chances of a bunch of Christians dropping everything and leaving Jerusalem? That could have been very sense. devastating for the church. And I'm sure they, they did lose some of their number who... Uh, we're not listening to the prophecy, but but you can imagine that without Jesus's warning, like the church could have suffered massively more than it already did. Yeah, but uh, thankfully a lot of them were able to um, get out. But I do feel bad for the pregnant ones and <laughs> the nursing ones. And even Jesus says, "Pray that your flight is not in the winter." Which I don't think it was. I don't think it was on a winter, but, um, or on the Sabbath. <laughs> Anyways, okay, enough of that. Let's talk about verse 29. You want to read verse 29 and 30? Uh, but immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn 
and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. All right. We ta- now we're talking about science in the sky. The sun will be darkened. Moon will not give its light. Every time there's an e- eclipse or one of those blood moons, uh, what do you always hear people say? The end is coming. I remember in 2017. The fi- sky is falling. <laughs> in 2017, there was a huge, big eclipse that happened. And Facebook was just flooded with, it's the end times. And there was a bunch of hurricanes, too. <laughs> you saw a bunch of people with tinfoil hats running around. It's the end times. We're going to talk in a minute why, why thinking that something is, means the end times is dangerous. Anyways, this is similar language to what is written in Isaiah 13. Let's go back to Isaiah for just a tidbit. Isaiah is a prophecy book, obviously. He's a major prophet and speaks very figuratively most of the time. But God uses figurative speech to prove his points because we are physical beings and need figurative speech sometimes. Chapter 13, verse 1, it says, The oracle concerning Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amoz, Amos saw. The reason why I read that was just to, to prove that he's talking about Babylon here. Do, 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 do. You want to read verses 5 through 10? Yep, I got it. <clears throat> they are coming from a far country, from the farthest horizons, the Lord and his instruments of indignation, to destroy the whole land. Wail for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will fall limp, and every man's heart will melt. They will be terrified. Pains and anguish will take hold of them. They will writhe like a woman in labor. They will look at one another in astonishment, their faces aflame. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with fury and burning anger, to make the land a desolation. And he will exterminate its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not flash forth their light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shed its light. Ooh, wow, it's almost almost the same thing in verse 13 it says therefore for i will i will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken from its place at the fury of the lord of hosts in the day of his burning anger so, all right it does sound pretty similar now obviously when that happened now he's talking about uh, the destruction of uh, babylon god is punishing babylon the stars of heavens and their constellations didn't do anything the the sun wasn't darkened the moon wasn't you know it's it's basically saying the light of Babylon is going out. Like it's 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 gonna die off. It's it's going to go away. And I think what Jesus is doing for his Jewish audience <laughs> is making them think about God's a judgment and a complete a desolation because he's. It's almost like a reminder of, of what happened in Babylon that mm-hmm. Babylon was destroyed and I think Jesus is is talking about how the same thing actually even worse is going to happen to um Jerusalem which is is weird. I mean, Jerusalem is supposed to be the good guys. They they turned out to be the bad guys. Yeah. Sad. Sorry for all you um Israel supporters out there, but I like Israel. <laughs> I want to go someday. I w- I want to go to Israel too. But <laughs> the nation of Israel is is no more valuable to God than America or China or Japan. I mean, it's as we can see, God said, go and make disciples of all nations. He said, everyone who is of faith is Abraham's uh, descendant, yeah. not just the uh, physical nation of Israel. And God had Israel or Jerusalem destroyed. Yeah, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. Yet. Yeah, sorry. Okay. 
Verse 31. Now, this is where it gets kind of tricky because there's some debate on where the transition goes from Jesus talking about the destruction of the temple and when he starts talking about the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> this was interesting. I, I learned this from Apologetics Press. This is what they think. In verse 31, it says, and He will send forth his, his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. And when I hear that, I think of Jesus' kingdom parables about angels being sent at the end of the world to gather the good guys from the bad. Yeah. That's what he says. However, they talk about, the Apologetic Express talks about how the Greek word for angel means a messenger. And um, it's possible that this is a reference to Christians being the messengers. And when they're going out to gather the elect, that means they're spreading the gospel and making disciples. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It would make sense. I mean, you could make it work. If you want to translate this consistently, like, you wouldn't be taking this part as literal completely, I don't think. So, I don't know. I feel like if, if you want to take it as consistently as possible, you would you would see this as more of like the hyperbolic language just as as it's been going on this this whole chapter yeah and it's it's also recorded that uh, christians spread the gospel much more uh, rapidly after after the destruction of jerusalem so that could be what this is talking about another thing um i saw you write wrote down in the notes is uh the greek word for angel is is the same word that you use for messenger too so the tra- in this translation, it puts his angels, but you could easily put uh, translate that word his messengers. All right, but that is important. To, a good reminder for us to be, we 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 are God's messengers. Then there's a final parable, Jesus tells, Matthew twenty four, read verse thirty two through thirty four. Uh, now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near, right at the door. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. It is very interesting. Verse 33, when it says, recognize that he is near, that could also be translated it. (laughs) Jesus is, is only a he not an it. So if you're going to say something is it, then it's not referring to Jesus. So it's probably recognized that it is near, right at the door. Talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus is, is explaining, when you see these things, be ready. Okay, yeah. That's, That is why the Christians, when so, they, they saw these things, they left. Yeah, um, and, and as we were talking about um, the previous verse, that actually you could say previous verses, couple verses, where it's, it looks like you could translate it either way, depending on your worldview. But right following that, he has the parable of the fig tree. And this is the best evidence, in my opinion, that he's still on the topic of uh, Jerusalem being destroyed. Because... He's clearly talking, in the parable of the fig tree, he's clearly talking about Jerusalem because he says this will not happen until this generation. And I mean, some of this generation will still be alive when this happens. Yeah. And Jesus has not come back yet. Therefore, we can say with 100% certainty that the fig tree is about Jerusalem. And there are people who say they don't believe in God or the Bible because Jesus didn't come back like he said he would because they misunderstand 
this portion of scripture. They knew it was talking about the, the destruction of Jerusalem, but Jesus didn't combat. There's also some people in the denominational world that believe that Jesus did come back, <laughs> that he had a second coming around the, the time of the d- destruction of Jerusalem. But that... Yeah, no. We, I'm, not, that, that, I'm not following. That <laughs> didn't happen. Anyways, all right, verse 35. First he says, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And then he says, heaven and earth. Okay, he's not talking about Jerusalem now. He's talking about heaven and earth, which is a reference to the physical universe, will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Okay, so now he's this, talking about... Is this the transition this verse? This is the transition. <laughs> he's talking about heaven and earth now. Not heaven where God lives, but like the universe, you know. Because <laughs> remember the... Um, I'm sure you're going to do, but remember the disciples asked two questions. That's why we're we're on the lookout for the end of his first answer to their first question, and we're looking for the beginning of the second answer to their second question. Yeah, so Jesus moves on, and, and he lets them know that the physical universe is going to go away. I don't know if the disciples or any of the Jews knew that or if they had any concept of that at the time. <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's, it's almost as if Jesus is dropping a bomb on them that they had never thought about like really like this world is going to end one day because remember they were expecting a, a physical king to come to jerusalem and to reign and defeat all the bad guys but jesus is saying actually it's all going to blow up <laughs> um that that whole <laughs> world is gonna gonna go away the world is like the death star yeah <laughs> well yeah <laughs> the world is like Alderaan. The Death Star blows it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want to read verses uh, 36 through 39? Yep, I got it. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming, so will the coming of man be? Coming of the son of man. Son of man. <laughs> um, coming of man. All right, this is a huge contrast. Yeah. First, we were talking about look for the signs, look yep. for look, look for the wars and the earthquakes. Now Jesus is saying people are going to be getting married, given in marriage. People are not going to see this coming. Yeah, you know, people are not gonna. Be, it's gonna be totally unexpected. So wait, I I thought we were supposed. I thought we were supposed to look for signs. That this doesn't sound like wars and rumors of wars. It sounds like everyone's having a party. <laughs> yeah, sounds drinking and completely being different. married. <laughs> it almost seems the opposite. Although okay, we know from other scriptures that that Christians are gonna be having a hard time. <laughs> when it's time for Jesus to come back because the world is going to be persecuting them. But as far as the world goes, there, the, there's no signs that, at this time, right? There is no way that we can know when Jesus will uh, return because he says it's going to happen just like, where it says they did, when Noah entered the ark, they did not understand until the flood came. Yep. There, there were no too signs. Late. Yeah, so there, there's no signs for the second coming so, all right, go and read what verse 40 and 41 says. Yes, sir. <laughs> then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. 
You ever heard that song? I wish I wish we'd all been ready. I don't think so. No, it's some <laughs> Christian-y type song that's talking about the rapture. <laughs> but it, like, it has verses like "man and woman" or "husband and wife lying in bed, one taken and the other left" or something. In my opinion, <laughs> if you have a song about the rapture, you should be rapping. Yeah. No, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> all right. <laughs> The rapture, is that is that what Jesus is talking about? A lot of people believe in what is called a secret rapture. The doctrine of the rapture is where it's not it's it's, it's not the second coming. It's the rapture takes place seven years before Jesus' second coming. So what this doctrine teaches is that there's gonna be a rapture seven years before the coming of Christ, and mm. all the signs are actually supposed to the wars and earthquakes are supposed to be for the rapture. So the righteous people are taken off the earth and cars crash, airplanes crashes and cuz yeah. like the movies. Honestly, if there was a real if there was a real a rapture, would, it, would the world even notice? Uh I think they would. I mean, like, there were like so few real well, Christians. Well, that's true. Though, so. I, yeah, <laughs> I was imagining like like Thanos snapping and then half the people Yeah, uh, that's what I guess people, it wouldn't be quite like that. that uh, that's what people think. On a smaller Avengers scale. and all that. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. So then, there's gonna be then there's gonna be seven years of tribulation, right? Pe- people still have a chance to become Christians, but they're not gonna be raptured during those uh, seven years. They have to suffer torture and getting beheaded, antichrist, all that stuff. Then, after seven years, Christ finally comes back and reigns in Jerusalem for uh, a thousand years. The problem is, uh, Jesus says this is gonna happen when he comes back. <laughs> Not seven years before he comes back. He That's says true. this is gonna, the coming of the Son of Man will be like, just like the days of Noah. And then these things are gonna happen. So yeah, that's, um, not talking about something that's going to happen seven years before Jesus comes back. This is going to happen so at his second coming. what is he talking about then? A lot of what Jesus is saying is is not literal. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the very next verse, verse 42, says, Therefore, be on the alert. What's the therefore, therefore? <laughs> what's, the, well, what's the therefore? Yeah, what's the therefore, therefore? You do not know which day the Lord is coming, not when you're going to... For Yeah, for you do not know the, which day your Lord is coming. So so I think he, he's using this to emphasize, hey, your buddy there, if he's not ready, it's too late. Yeah, and... <laughs> you're and going, and so, he's going to be there. Yes, a part of what the rapture teaches is that the righteous are going to be taken away and the wicked are left. But, but the Bible never speaks in those terms. We can just uh, summarize it. And uh, Matthew 13, 41 and uh, uh, 43, it says that the wicked are going to be taken, yep. not the righteous. <clears throat> so, That's true. So it's, uh, Jesus is just making a point here that some people are going to, they're going to be split apart. There's going to be people that uh, make it and people that don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not talking about a secret uh, rapture that's going to happen. There's a lot more scriptural evidence that the rapture is not true, but we don't have time to dive into all that. So Matthew chapter 24, be on the alert. And read verse 43 through 44. Okay. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. All right. The coming of the Lord is like a thief in the night. Does a thief call the owner of the house and say, when you see all these signs, 
Then I will come. Nope. <laughs> if he does, when the robber gets there, the police are going to be there. And yeah. They're all going <laughs> to... Yeah. I've actually heard stories of that actually happening. There's a famous story of um, a robber calling a bank, <laughs> have the money ready when I get there. <laughs> when he got there, the police were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. oh, man, it's funny. What a smart guy. What a yeah, genius. Jesus is smart, though. He's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to come unexpectedly. Um, it would make no sense for there to be signs to look for if the second coming is is to be completely unexpected. Yeah. If it's to be like a thief in the night, no one will see it coming. Yeah. The reason for this is very important and brilliant. The reason that we don't have signs for his second coming is because people wouldn't repent until they saw the signs. Yep, that's true. Jesus doesn't do that. He wants to have a real relationship. He wants us to have a real relationship uh, with him. He wants us to uh, love him now and serve him now and have true faith now. Just like uh, somebody who might be protecting their family from a robber. If robbers only told you ahead of time when they came, there'd be no reason to protect your family or have, have like locked the door at night because you would, you would know every single time ahead of time. But if if you have no idea when it could happen, you'll be protecting your family at all times, and uh, that's what God wants from us too. We, he wants He wants our full self, a hundred percent of yeah, the time, twenty four seven. But here's the other uh, reason why that uh, logic doesn't make sense to me is, you know, when people see the signs, like, oh, I better go to a Bible study or something. <laughs> Okay, just because Jesus doesn't come back for everybody doesn't mean that Jesus won't come back just for you. <laughs> okay, so, and what I mean by that is you could die, okay? You, 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 don't, know, you, you don't know when you're going to die. You're going to die right now because That's you were true. too busy listening to this podcast and didn't realize you were on a train track. The train was... Um, <laughs> anyways, you have to be uh, ready for either his second coming or for your death. And in order sure. to do that, you have to have a real relationship with him that, you know, where you actually love him. So that's why Jesus doesn't tell us, this is when I'm coming back, because then we, we wouldn't actually love him for, for who he is. With all, with all that being said, there is at least one hint that God gives to Christians to at least give us some sort of idea if his return is soon, but not really. Because mm -hmm. it's it's like really but not really because for God a day is like a thousand years so in Revelation 20 verse 9 Revelation is speaking in figurative terms because if it wasn't then it would be very contradictory to what a lot of what the rest of the Bible says and it's spoken in apocalyptic literature and the original audiences would have known that to be figurative it says, talking about the great war of Armageddon here, Revelation 29, and they, talking about Satan and all the bad guys, came up from the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. All right, so there's there, there's more to this story. It talks about Satan thrown in prison, or Christ reigning for a thousand years. Uh, we don't have time to go prove what all that means, but this... Surrounding the camp of the saints, we, we could look at our world right now and see that's happening. 
-hmm. However, we don't know how fast. As I said before, when God says soon, it might not be soon to us, but it might be soon to him. Like this could take a hundred years. This could take two years. Imagine if if he told us it's going to be forever until I come back. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think he says soon for our sake, you know, for for even even in our scale, like our lives really aren't that long. And so, and uh, as we just mentioned, you could die at any moment. Jesus could come back at any moment. So yeah. for our sakes, I and and his timeline, of course, it's very soon. I it it makes perfect sense. And yeah, like I he's mean, not gonna say yeah. I'll be back in so long. You don't worry about it. Like <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. That wouldn't. That wouldn't make that, sense. That would go against <laughs> if he actually said. But think think about the first coming. I bet it took, it felt like it took forever. Yeah. Jesus was spoken about first in Genesis 3. And how long was that until the coming? About almost 4,000 years, three and a half thousand years. That, that's a, a long time. <laughs> to the Lord. And then <laughs> when, when he actually came, the people were, most people were not actually ready. Like they, they were ready enough, or at least 3,000 of them were. But it's hard to believe that something could happen in your lifetime. I think a lot of us think, that's never going to happen in my lifetime. I think and when the first coming happened, it, it kind of seems like they didn't think it was going to happen in their lifetime. Yeah. But it did. That actually yeah. happened. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen again. I think uh, uh, we, most people today probably have the opposite problem. Everybody thinks that Jesus is going to come back in their lifetime. We don't know that. <laughs> we have no idea. But it does seem like people are, when they make predictions, it's only like a few years away from now. Yeah. Like, yeah you don't know. <laughs> That's why you need to be ready. Yeah, be ready. Yeah. Um, I I think it would be cool to, it's, it's going to be cool either way, but I think it would be cool to be alive I think so when too. it happened, <laughs> just yeah. to see it. Now, if you're dead, you're going to see it too. I mean, you're, yep. you're, you're going to wake up. The dead will rise. Um, but... The, this a picture of the church being surrounded. Um, it, it's it's a picture of a siege, like a city being besieged, just like when the Romans sieged Jerusalem. All right, when the city was surrounded, the Jews could make no could make no more progress. It was over. They they couldn't do anything. It, they they were just uh, waiting for their death. This is the picture that's being painted for. Us, is that when the camp of the saints is uh, surrounded, <clears throat> the church is not going to be able to make any more progress. There, there's going to be no more truth uh, seekers. There's going to be no more. I mean, every heart outside the church will be completely hardened to the gospel. Uh, however, this time, the, the people in the middle are going to be saved, and the army on the outside that's surrounding everyone is going to be destroyed by fire from heaven. Obviously, we're not talking about being physically surrounded, but uh, we can see in this world that the the world is doing everything it can to stop, to shut the mouths of of Christians and to stop the gospel from uh, moving and to harden the hearts of the people. Yeah. However, there is still no way for us to know when that's going to be. I mean, it, it could happen before we're done finishing this podcast. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I if in my opinion, I think it's gonna get a lot worse than it is now. But I think so too. But, but I mean, it just still happens. Honestly, I mean, the, yeah, the Bible says you never know. So <laughs> I'm gonna stick. Maybe with that. it won't get worse. I don't know, but um, probably will. It kind of makes it seem like it is. It yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting to think that it 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 could be soon because 
of the way the church is being surrounded on a global scale like never before. The reason why God hasn't come back yet is because God is patient. Read Second Peter 3, verse 8 and 9. Do you not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. All right, and that's that's why. You have a lot of people saying, yeah. why, uh, why is he not coming back? What's taking <laughs> so long? Uh, I mean... <laughs> the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> and actually, you have a job to do uh, there's going to be suffering but that's why the the bible says it's momentary light affliction that's producing glory that we can't see it and it's it and how the uh, sufferings we endure here are not to be compared with the glory that's going to be that is going to be revealed to us so we we, got to be patient too and trust that jesus is coming back he came the first time yep there's no reason to think he's he's not sleeping up there. Like, oh, I'll just give it a few more years. No, God is he wants everybody to mm-hmm. repent. However, not everybody is not everybody is going to repent. As a matter of fact, we think most people are not. But God is is going to let you know when when it's done. <laughs> I mean, yep, trust you me, will know. <laughs> even the dead people are gonna know. So yes. I read verse ten and eleven. Uh, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? All right. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll notice. Yeah, You're gonna, <laughs> it's kind of hard to not see the elements being destroyed. I, I'm going to read uh, another verse that kind of goes along with this. I, I don't know if I'm interrupting your thoughts. No, you're good. Uh, Revelation 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it will be. So it is to be. Amen. Nobody's going to miss this. <laughs> no one's going to miss it. All right. Everyone is going to see it. And for some people, it's exciting. And for some people, it's not exciting. It's so. it's terrifying. In Second uh, Peter 3, the, the next verse says, after saying, what sort of people are you to be in holy conduct and godliness? He says, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Look for and hastening the coming. Now, what? Like, uh, we can actually hasten the day where uh, we could actually make it come sooner how do we do that we've got a job to do well a part of it is the godly and holy conduct <laughs> but spread the spread the gospel make god's kingdom stronger and a bigger get people first you be ready but get other people ready and if you're just uh, lying around not uh, doing anything then it's <laughs> it's just it's gonna be slower <laughs> I mean, I don't think we uh, realize this, but we're actually participants in God's work. At the kind of job that I have at the warehouse, we don't get to to go home until we uh, finish our work. The faster we work, (laughs) the sooner we get to go home. It's the same thing (laughs) with Christianity. The faster we build God's kingdom, 
the faster and sooner we get to go home. Yay. So get to work. Be efficient. Be quick. And hasten that day. It's, it's Yeah, so. Please. <laughs> yeah, let My, Myself too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me <But>. too. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So is there anything else you want to say about the second coming. Um, well, here, here's what's important because I know it's easy to get lost in the weeds and I do all the time. That's why I keep, I kept putting off this subject for so long is I, <laughs> I get lost in the weeds so easy and this is really controversial. But here's, here's the important points that I think every Christian should know and basically everyone does. But here's a, a summary. Jesus is coming again. That's a fact. Nobody knows when it's going to be. So be ready. That's a fact. And the, everybody's going to see it, mm-hmm. even the dead. That's a fact. Those are the three things that I think are most important to know yeah. about uh, Jesus' second coming. Yeah. And if, if you're living by faith, that, that's not something that you're uh, worried about. As a matter of fact, God wants it to be something that we look forward to. It, it's something where we, we actually can pray to God, come quickly. <laughs> yeah. we, we actually pray for him to come quickly. I'm always very encouraged when I hear other other Christians praying that. That's a good thing. Je- so if Jesus comes back, well, <laughs> yay, what do we get to do then? What happens? Well, then comes judgment. Ooh, so two ways you can go. Yep, and you have to choose now which way. Yeah. You, 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 you can't decide when, when you see Jesus in, in the, the sky. Be like, oh, I, I... No, the point of the gospel is, is to get you to love God for who he is, not not to love him just so you don't have to have to be punished. I mean, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense anyways. So <laughs> next episode is going to be all about hell. Why does a loving God send people to hell? That is a popular question. Yeah. And it, it's a good question. It's a question I think every person needs to ask. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a good question. How long does a person stay there? And what do you do there? Do you do anything there? Is it probably be a, a grab bag of questions? Is it fun? <laughs> Is it, it terrible? Uh, is it fun? I don't know. <laughs> well, you okay. know, I always hear people talking about how they're going to be proud to go to hell because they yeah. don't want to go to heaven where God is because they hate God so much. Say things like, see me in hell. Yeah. Like, yeah, not good stuff. So. All right. Uh, we got to talk about the the bad news before we talk about the good news. So we're yep. going to have our hell episode <laughs> <All right. laughs> next. I think we've been rambling long enough. All right. Until, and, then, until then, we'll, we'll see, see you guys. guys.